Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. But Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. We missed out. Bang! From way down under, Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat to the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good whistle foul. Held the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis, pull up jumper! Cody Ellis, bang! Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis! Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another weekend. I've got, a, I've got a new co-host. I'm very excited by it. I'll get to him shortly. But in the world of the NBL, the action never stops and no shortage of things to talk about once again. And if you look at the positives, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, they just keep winning. The Sydney Kings just love winning on the road. The Adelaide 36ers sent a message. New Zealand Breakers and the Cairns Taipans had an interesting weekend splitting, splitting their games. The Brisbane Bullets finally had a breakthrough. There's some concerns, I would have thought, at the Illawarra Hawks, the Perth Wildcats and Melbourne United. We'll get to our awards with the Damo Award, the Galen Award, and our Player of the Year Award. And like I said, I've got a new co-host for this week. Cody Ellis is otherwise disposed, and I'm I'm Chris Pike, but I'm joined by the three-time NBL champion, the best power forward of his generation, the Nightmare, Matty Knight. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me, mate. It's uh, always been uh, keen to get on the microphone with you, so I'm uh, looking forward to it. Sorry, Cody. <laughs> no, it's great to be with you, Matty. We, we go back a long way and it's always good to still catch up. And I'm glad that we've been able to maintain a connection beyond your, your playing career. As you know, it doesn't always happen once you get out of the NBL bubble. But I'm glad that our connection has lasted long enough where we can still still stay in touch and do things like this. And more than anything, I mean, it, it's, just, it's just great to pick your basketball brain as well. Because throughout your, for anyone that doesn't know, Matty, you played 236 NBL games... Most improved player when you were at the Sydney Spirit back in 2009. Won three championships with the Perth Wildcats. All first NBL team team member. And more than anything, you got pretty full family right now and they're giving us some nice background noise. Yeah, no, um, 236 games. Probably spent just as amount on the uh, sideline injured. But mm. uh, yeah, excuse the kids in the background. <laughs> but I'm sure they'll provide plenty of entertainment throughout the show. No, I'm, I'm, it's, it's just great to be sitting down with you, Matty, because we haven't had a lot of chance to actually see each other face-to-face since your playing career. So it's great to be with you again. And I, I always still reflect back to that phone call I gave you when you were in Hungary and you, and you just signed at the Perth Wildcats and you were having probably the worst time of your life, it's fair to say, and you couldn't wait to get out of that, out of that place. And it's scary to think that was probably more than 10 years ago now. It would have been 2009, I think, so yeah. what's that, nearly 14 <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that, sitting in a room all alone, um, probably about minus 20 degrees mm-hmm. outside. <laughs> Couldn't wait to get on a plane, get back to Australia and get over here to Perth. Mm. And it's amazing that it's now your home. I mean, when you took that phone call, and I'm sure you were so excited that Bevo wanted to offer you a contract to come to the Wildcats. I mean, could you ever imagine that all these years later that, that Perth would have been your home and you've created the life that you have here? No, I signed a three-year deal, and uh, obviously in basketball, you're not sure what comes up after a contract ends, but I uh, actually absolutely love it over here, so um, couldn't imagine living anywhere else mm. right now. 
plenty of ha- plenty happening in the world of the NBL, which we'll get to, Maddie. But before we do, why don't you fill in all of our listeners what life is like for you for you now? How, how are you travelling and how's family life and what involvement in basketball do you still have? Uh, family life takes up a lot of sure nice <laughs> time. Um, four kids, um, me and Ollie both playing down at uh, Willerton in mm-hmm. the local comps. Um, both play footy in the off season mm-hmm. too, so. And then I've got the troublemakers at home, Leo and I. So uh, they keep me uh, very busy during the day. But um, no, Sherelle and I wouldn't have it any other way. We often sit back and just we've got four kids. We never thought it'd be like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's uh, I wouldn't change that for the world. I'm just getting to watch the kids start their journey now. Mm-hmm. So that's the bar. I coach my son's under eight Tango's basketball team. I've actually just come on board as the under eighteen Metro assistant coach oh, with Damien Barr. So I'm actually looking forward to that. Uh, it'll be a different opportunity, but one I'm very excited about. No, fantastic. Now we're here thanks to Hoop Seven, Maddie. Best basketball store you'll find in anywhere in the country. If you're in Perth, head to head to their their store on Murray Street there in the Perth city, or if you're anywhere else, check them out at hoop7.com.au. You get get the chance to check them out too often, Maddie. Uh, to be honest, I don't get to the city much. Yeah. Um, a lot of our shopping is uh, done online, but uh, I've heard very good things about it. And, um, we my daughter actually got her first pair of basketball boots there. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah. No, thank you to Jason and his team there. All right, Matty, let's get down to business, what we're here for, to talk about what's happening in the NBL. Let's, let's start with some of the positive things out of the weekend because I think probably the two biggest talking points out of the past week were what's going on at Melbourne United and also the struggles of the Illawarra Hawks, and I'll... I'll get your thoughts on, on on all of that and some of the comments of Dean Vickerman as well and also Tim Conrad's probably unhappiness with the way his, his Hawks are, are travelling. But let's start on a more positive note. Tasmania Jackjumpers, um, an amazing performance from them on Saturday night at home to the Perth Wildcats. Their, their biggest ever win, they won by 31 points. Their highest ever score, first ever time they got to 100 points, they got to 103 points. And, and more than anything, they just out-hustled and out-worked the Wildcats. After the struggles that... We saw from them early on, and we, we talked with Cody about it the first time we spoke to you about how we weren't sold on the imports and we weren't sold on how they were coming into this season. Boy, they, they've built some momentum now. They again held the Wildcats to 72 points, and if they're able to do that, they don't need to score like they did always on Saturday night, but they're going to be hard to beat again. And the, the atmosphere they create down there, I'm sure you're pretty excited to get down there for a game pretty soon. Yeah, no, um, yeah, Tassie's really jumped on uh, on board the Jack Jumpers, and it's fantastic to see. Uh, like you said, they're, they're known for their defence. Yeah. The whole Perth Wildcats team to 72 mm-hmm. points just shows you what they're capable of. And um, you know their defence is going to be like that every night. So um, they have a shooting night like that. A lot of teams are in trouble. And um, they're actually looking forward to getting down there in January to watch it. Oh, game. you are? Yeah, I didn't so realize. I'm heading to Tassie. So um, I think they play at Melbourne United. So looking forward to experience and I did. Fantastic. Hopefully Mark Radford's going to give you some good hospitality. Oh, I've asked him to, to look <laughs> after me. Uh, who knows with Rat. <laughs> and I, I look forward to finding out how that goes for you, for you, Matty. Um, New Zealand Breakers, they've had a tough start to the season again. I mean, we thought they might have been handed some some sort of respite to start this season, but again, they've had a, had a tough start to the season, but they're holding up really well. They've, they'd played four games in nine days, but they're, and they and they started like it against the Cairns Taipans on, on Sunday when they, I think they went almost eight minutes of that game without hitting a field goal. They didn't score for, for seven minutes, and they had, you know, five points only in that first quarter, and a record low in MB, equal record low in NBL history, but their defense was actually still pretty good. So all they needed to do was start hitting some shots, and they did. And and they hit back from a poor performance a few days earlier at home to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, and and I think it shows a lot of heart. Given all of that thrown at them to come back and win up in Cairns, really good signs for the Breakers. 
you can see the, the enjoyment the breakers mm. actually are playing with yeah. right now. It's like everyone's bought into the coach. Mm. Um, obviously, the last couple of years, we've been tough on them. Yeah. Living in hotels yep. for six or seven months a year, away from family, um, it's got to wear on you. Yeah. And you just see uh, the excitement they have this year. Mm. And they're young and, um, yeah, they're playing some really good basketball. And like you said, you thought maybe they would have got looked after a bit more to start <laughs> the season. But yeah. even the, on the weekend where they had to play at home and then yeah. playing Cairns, yeah. that's a pretty yeah. tough road trip. And they started like that as well. But, uh, yeah, no, the coach has got him. Uh, you can see uh, his energy yep. runs down the team. Absolutely. He, he's up and about on the sideline. Yep. And they're the same way. Yep. It's great to see, obviously, after a couple of tough years. Um, mm. Yeah, that'll be tough, obviously, playing back home in New Zealand. Yep. Uh, yeah, they're no easy beats now. Brisbane Bullets, they finally got a win on the board. Um, they probably should have done it a couple of days earlier against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix when they were in control of that game for a lot of it, but but blew it with some some mistakes late. But they went to Wollongong on Monday night and, and they dominated that game. And the Hawks have got their own problems, which we'll get to shortly, but, gee, there must be a lot of relief now for the Bullets to, to get that breakthrough win. Oh, definitely. Uh, you never want to start the season 0-4 or 0-5. 0-5, yeah. Um, obviously, it was a tough loss on to Southeast. Probably should have won that mm-hmm. one, obviously. But their biggest thing is... They've built leads, but they've given up yep. the leads as well, yep. playing very inconsistent basketball. But I think the thing they worked out, you got your Baines the ball down low. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> there's, yep. there's no one that can stop him. And getting going early, it's going to open up for those shooters because mm-hmm. the team's going to have to drop down and try and protect the paint with him in mm-hmm. there. And it's going to open up for the Bickadees, the Johnsons, yep. the Sobies. Yeah, I mean, I think he had 17 points, 14 rebounds in that in that win. And... Clearly his best performance of the season, but like you said, it also helped the other the other guys. So Jason Gaddy had a good shooting night. We saw Sobe hit down, down some shots. Um, Tyler Johnson made some shots. And DJ Mitchell back into the team um, had a good night as well. You ever had a, had a punch on with your coach that, that led to you get suspended, Matty? No, I haven't. <laughs> Did you ever want to with Bevo? No, <laughs> probably a few times. <laughs> no, um, obviously it's a competitive nature. And they weren't playing good basketball. Obviously it's... Pretty frustrating, but you've got to you've got to respect your coach. And yeah. Obviously, sometimes emotions can boil over, but he's a young kid, and I'm sure he's going to learn from it. Yeah. He bounced back, and he was with the team as well. So it's a lot of credit to him. To it would have been tough for him, but um, it's good to see him bounce back and have a good game. Do you remember seeing anything like that with the with the teammate? No, I don't think I have. I don't think anyone when I was involved was suspended. So. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm sure Brisbane and their leadership group um, sat down and trying to set a, a culture mm. and can't let things slide. Yeah. So full credit to Brisbane as well. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, they, they had two wins on the weekend and for the first time all season they were finally back to full strength when they had Gary Brown back in the lineup and and I really liked the way they looked when he was running running the point point guard spot. He he's he's a really smooth mover, you know, knows the offense, gets everybody involved, and and can can find the find his shooters and and make things happen. I really liked what he did. I think he had six assists in his first six minutes against the Breakers in that win last last Thursday. Then they backed it up to, to end up beating the Bullets. And when you got Mitch Creek and Joe Chi and and the like inside, and right, I'm sure Ryan Brokoff will work into. Into, into form as well. They've got a lot of weapons there. Kyle Adnam, it probably takes the pressure off him having to handle the ball and just be a shooter out there to, to have Brown running the point as well. And when they're at full strength, they look to be a, a pretty dangerous team. They do. And they had a slow start, obviously. A lot of injuries. Mm. So it's tough when you got guys moving in and out. But um, full credit to Kyle Adnam, Creek, even the big fellow, Alan Williams. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, 
well, I was talked about him in the preseason. And would he would he make it? But he's been huge for him. And then you get your full strength back. You go two and zero, and they'll be hoping to build on that weekend. Obviously, mm. they've got a tough one Friday night over here in yep. Perth. Yep. So they'll be confident. Obviously, coming off two wins, you got your full team back. And yeah, Gary Brown, he was massive for mm. him, especially in that late stages of the game against Brisbane. Yep. That's uh, as the commentators were saying. That's what they brought him in for. Yep. Close games, and he, he definitely did that. So, uh, looking forward to seeing how he goes over here in Perth. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if Cree can continue to play the way he is, Adam doesn't have that pressure anymore on him to mm-hmm. bring the ball up and be the scorer, he mm-hmm. can just play his natural game. So, um, it's definitely going to be a couple of big weeks for the Phoenix to see if they build on it or uh, as a once off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, we talked with Cody last week about Alan Williams and also Jordan Carolina at Melbourne, both. Both power forwards that we weren't sure if they were the ideal fits for the for this 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 modern NBL as a as a power forward of that sort of nature who's probably not quite big enough to be a centre but then also not quite probably nimble enough to to go with a Jack McVay or the more the the pick and pop type power forwards. But like you touched on, Alan Williams stepped up in both these games and showed that he's got a real role to play. Yeah, no, he he's been fantastic for obviously once again it takes an import, especially an import big to. Yeah adjust to the rules, what's yeah. called, what's allowed, what's not. But um, he's been fantastic for him. You, you got a feel for Caroline. Mm-hmm. He probably wasn't bought in for that role. Mm-hmm. But obviously when injuries come into play, it's, it's tough to yeah. ask him to play as a centre in this league. Yeah. Nice segue, Matty, to, to talk to, talk about Melbourne United and Jordan Caroline. This weekend gone, in their, in both their games, Dean Vickerman gave 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 him a chance. I mean, he, Dave Barlow was struggling a little bit, so he, he had his chance to play some bigger minutes against Cairns, first of all, and then against the Kings. And I don't know what it was. I mean, you he, he, he can't fault his effort. His hustle was pretty good, especially against the Taipans late, where he was diving around for loose balls. But uh, he just had a lot of good looks inside, and he just couldn't make the bunnies that you need your power for to, to make inside. And unfortunately for him, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd probably seen the last of him. Yeah, no, it's tough. Um, obviously, Melbourne, you know, probably had the toughest off-season when you lose four of your starting five. Yeah. And then your starting centre goes down in pre-season, snapping his Achilles. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but, yeah, he's probably not what Melbourne United need right now. They need a big, obviously, to help Humphreys, who probably had a slow start to the season as well. Mm. But full credit to him, he's out there competing. Yeah. He probably knows yeah. his, his time's coming to an end, but... Yeah, when you're that powerful, you go against those big guys. It can be tough, yep. like if you're not used to it. So, but yeah, obviously, uh, Dean probably regrets those comments he made. Well, speaking of that, Matty, why don't we take a listen, and then I'll, then I'll get get your get your response because he he didn't hold back in his, in his honesty. Or, or thinking that you do need to change something with this roster at this point? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been open. We're, we're searching for a guy. Um, so, yeah, you know, we've, we haven't found the right guy yet. You know, the games that we've won the boards, we've, we've won the game kind of thing, and, and we just haven't been able to compete in that area or have a, a, another threat. Um, certainly running at the rim and finishing. You know, I thought the shots JC had tonight was like, you know, we were talking in the locker room, it's like, wow, if 
Jack White had every one of those kind of catches where he caught it and those takes at the rim and just we were able to finish it. You know, there, there were 11 kind of good shots, but we, he just hasn't been able to finish some of those over the length of, of people in this league. As you could have, as you heard, Matty, he didn't hold back in terms of both saying he probably doesn't have a future, but also Jack White would have made the shots that he didn't make. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> as a player, it's probably the last thing you want to hear, especially when you're out. You don't go out there not to not to miss shots. Uh, unfortunately, it's just been that season for him. He just hasn't had a probably the start he would have wanted, and his probably role has changed. But for a coach to come out and say that, comparing to last year's mm. Powell and White. Obviously, Dean's frustrated. Yeah, it's probably not what he wanted as well. So, um, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because as a coach, you want to be honest, but I don't know if that sends the right message at the same time of future players knowing that you're going to be thrown under the bus, but potentially if you don't don't perform, yeah, it's probably time and place. That's that's a conversation for the locker room, mm. um, front office staff that yeah. throw it out in the media. Like you said, a future input. I'm mm. not performing. <laughs> yeah, going to be me. Even yeah. players on the on the roster sure. now. Yeah. <laughs> also, it'd be a wake-up call. Like, yeah. we need to really step up. How concerned for Melbourne are you? How many, and how how many of their problems get fixed when they get Shaley and Mason Peatling back? And I guess what sort of import do they need to replace Caroline with? Well, they need a big yep. to start with. So uh, a genuine centre, you mean? Yeah, Not, yeah, yeah. genuine centre to help Humphreys. Um, Shaley will be he'll be massive for mm. him, especially on the defensive end. Mm. He does all those little things that don't start to show up on the stat sheet. Mm. Well, um, this, at the same time, he's had a he's been out with a concussion that he's been out. He hasn't played for six or seven weeks now because of you've been through this yourself. Um, how concerned would you be coming back if you've had a concussion that's kept you out for this long, and if it's not the first time? Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. It's been six or seven weeks. Mm. So obviously, a bad concussion and the effects are lingering. Mm. Or they're taking a very conservative approach mm. with him, so no further damage. But. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's been six, seven weeks. Mm. Obviously, uh, you've got to build up that fitness again. Yep. And it can play on your mind. Like, mm. I don't want to be concussed again, yeah. things like that. But um, I think he'll be massive for him when he gets back. It'll take some pressure off uh, Xavier. Uh, but right now, they look like they're not enjoying basketball. Mm. They're the complete opposite to New Zealand. Yep. Yep. That it looks like it's a struggle every possession for them. Teams are just packing paint right now. Tucker catches the ball. Just daring him to shoot. Yep. Yeah. The only one they're really uh, putting pressure on is Goulding. Yep. Chris doesn't look like he's enjoying basketball mm. right now. Mm. Obviously, yeah, Shay back will fix some problems, but I think there's quite a few issues. Yeah. Guys, looks like he's playing for their own numbers. And yep. That's uh, never a successful thing when they have guys that just care about their own stats. No, no, and they've got a, another big couple of games this weekend as well, which we'll get to. Another team that I've got some concerns about are Yellow, Illawarra Hawks, Matty. Um, they've now lost four games in a row. They're one and five. And their last two games on Monday nights at home, the crowd's not coming out to watch them, but also they last week they lost to the Breakers 88-62, to and this week against Brisbane, who hadn't won a game, they lost 82-56. to So they're, they're only scoring 62-56, and 56. Um, and they're another team that doesn't look like they're enjoying themselves either. No, uh, there's a lot of individual, individual players there. Yeah. Um, Tyler, Tyler Harvey signed a big deal, and mm. to be honest, he's not performing. Yeah. You get paid the money, you need to perform, and yeah. he's not just doing it. Their best player is the young kid, Dent. Um, Absolutely, he's coming out performing every single time. He, he's the only one who looks like he's enjoying basketball. Mm. Obviously, you lose your guard, Robinson, yeah. at the start of the season. You got a new import coming in, but yeah. 
that roster they have, they just got half and Tyler Harvey. There's no real scorers, obviously mm-hmm. King, but he found himself on the bench yeah. Yeah. Uh, last and apparently it looked like he was having to get up the coach as well. <laughs> yeah. So that's never a good sign when players and coaches are going at each other. And um, obviously they lost a lot of star power last year, but mm. they don't even look like scoring right now. And to have 62 and 56 points in back-to-back games... Yeah. There's some real issues there. Not only is not scoring, you're giving up 88, yeah. 82 points, especially 82 to Brisbane to a team that hadn't won a game. Yeah, yeah the crowd, obviously Monday night doesn't help mm. in an area like that, but you need to win. Yeah. And if you're not winning, those small teams, market, they don't show up. No, you're right. If you're playing good basketball that people want to come watch, even on a Monday night, they will still turn out. Oh, exactly. And they have some of the most passionate fans, yeah. but right now the team's giving them nothing, nothing to cheer for. Yeah, I, I can't see him turning around anytime soon, even with the new import. Yeah, we, I, we spoke with Cody about it last week too, and obviously they needed to replace Robinson with another guard and another playmaker, and that's what they've done with Peyton Siever, but I don't think he fixes a lot of their, their problems. I mean, a lot of their problems run a lot deeper and run to the front court because Sam Froling has absolutely no help at all, and he's probably not a genuine big himself either. He's probably better as a four-man too. It, exactly. He had a big fellow last year playing the five yeah. spot, so he got to play that four spot and not have to worry about guarding the big fellas. Yeah. But right now he's a five man and that's not what he is. Yeah. He's not having the season he probably would have hoped. Mm. But um, once again, play our position, the role changes. It's hard to adjust. Him and probably Rocky Dana are the mm. main two uh, positives from the Hawks this year. Yeah. The worst thing you want to be called as a team is soft. And Tim Conrad, after the game on Monday night, didn't miss his teammates, and I'm sure he took responsibility himself as well. Why don't we take a listen to what he said, Matty, and then I'll, I'll get your thoughts. And I imagine you probably agree with most of what he's got to say. Right now, you know, we're, we're soft on rebounds. We get picked. You know, we don't, we don't fight over screens. We're the, all the little things in the game. We, we're just, it's just hard to bring it all together. And now we're in a real hole right now. And no one's really feeling good about themselves. And the only, and the only way we can get better at this is if we start really looking at ourselves in the mirror and saying, hey, right now, we're really soft. Everyone across the board. And it's gonna, like, you look at them, you know, Baines is setting hard screens. We came and played, it was a Perth set hard screens. Man, like, Every other team, we look at us on an on-ball screen, we get absolutely destroyed. Other teams are fighting over them. You know, it's it's the little parts of the game. You know, you get picked on a screen, it opens everything up for them. You know, we come off a screen, the guy fights over, we get nothing. That's, that means everything in a basketball game. You know, the more consistency you can do that, off the ball, the screens, fighting over them, running, sprinting to your spot. We just don't have that right now. And teams, you saw it in the first half in particular, come off an on-ball, whip, whip, whip. They were just sending us around everywhere. You know, there was no real bite to our defence and we need to get that back. And maybe we just got guys that are a bit too nice right now. Maybe I need to step out of character and start hitting guys at practice. So one thing is that we're not going to give up. I'm not going to let the guys give up because we do have some talent in that room. And once when we bring it together and it's, you see it in patches, it works. But... I thought right tonight on the offensive end, everyone tried to kind of do it themselves at some point, you know, instead of relying on teammates. So it's um, it was a bad game, you know. We we're embarrassed. We bounced by 30. We get another chance early in the season. Still, we're holding on to that. We're early in the season. 
What do you think, Manny? He, he he's spot on, and he he gets that privilege uh, honour to say that he's been around yeah. for a long, long time. Three hundred and fifty plus games now. Yeah, I agree with him. There's no identity out there, but it's the personnel you have. You can't force people to do it. If they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. Yeah. You can get physical at practice, whatnot. Might work for one game, but right now they don't have the culture. Yeah. Or culture what we stand for and right now you ask anyone what Illawarra stands for they probably couldn't tell you yeah 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 obviously um they're frustrated obviously uh they've been smacked smashed two times at home and it doesn't look like it's gonna be any quick turnaround for yeah. them so uh timmy's probably spot on and uh, it'll be interesting they get brisbane again on uh, yeah. thursday night so see what they did at practice this week and yeah. if they can turn it around but i don't see it happening it's easy to probably identify the problems, but then how do you go and fix it? And how do you become a, a physical team if you have a team that's probably not that's not in their nature? And like we've talked about with the Jack Jumpers and the Breakers, they've made themselves hard to play against. The Hawks, to me, look like they're probably fun to play against right now if you if you're an opposition team. Oh, definitely. You see Hawks coming up on the on the schedule, you're getting excited mm. because yeah, you're going to score whenever you want, yep. um, get whatever you want. But they don't have an enforcer out there. Google that team. Sam Froling, he's a big, but he's not. Yep. That's not his nature. Yep. They're five man. Matthew Ang, Ding Ding. Yeah. They're not going to physical presence out there. Timmy talked about him stepping out. <laughs> it's not in his nature. No, no, it's not in his nature. Yeah, so they don't have that physical presence mm. out in the core. A lot of teams do, and like you talked about the culture of Tassie. Everyone knows you come to Tassie, you're in for a dog fight for yep. forty minutes. Yep. Illawarra, you're your eye if you're a shooter or big, your eyes are wide enough. I'm gonna get whatever I want. Is there the potential that they don't need a lot of help in the backcourt now because they've got they'll have the two imports plus Lockie Dent. Is George King maybe the guy who's under the gun and make, do they need to get a, a potential new import who can be that physical type of influence? No, definitely. It was interesting when they went for a three guard mm. uh lineup for imports. You need a big guy and King, he barely played on Monday, Monday night. So, well, there's his spot in this. Obviously, you got the new import coming in who can score as well yep. as Tyler Harvey. Rocky Dan's probably the nearly leading scorer. Yep. So, you got three scorers in that guard position. I would be looking at bringing a big in because you look at the other teams, they've all got legit bigs. And right now, Illawarra don't have that. Yeah. All right. I think those are the main talking points out of the weekend, Matty. Let me run through the results for anyone that missed the action. and see if anything might have jumped out at you that we might have missed. So it started back on Thursday night. The South East Melbourne Phoenix, with their full team together for the first time, they put a put a hurting on the New Zealand Breakers over in Auckland, 99-77. to 77. Um, we Went into Friday night. Cairns Taipans again winning on the road, 81-77 to 77 over Melbourne United. Um, oh, sorry, that was actually a doubleheader on Thursday. And then the loan game on on Friday night, the probably the biggest build-up build game of the season in Sydney. And the Adelaide 36ers came away with an impressive win over the Sydney Kings, 92 to 88. Fascinating that the Kings have now lost two two in a row at home, Matty, but they've won 16 straight on the road. Just in, just incredible. And um, then, as we talked about, South Southeast Melbourne Phoenix beat the Brisbane Bullets, 89 to 88. And then the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, 103 to 72 over the Perth Wildcats. Then on Sunday, New Zealand Breakers bounced back up in Cairns, 68 to 64 over the Taipans. And then the Sydney Kings again. Even though Melbourne United started that game pretty well. Leading by 12 early, they were outscored again by the Kings by 30 the rest of the game and lost 87 to 69. And then, as we talked about Monday night in Wollongong, the Brisbane Bullets 82 to 56. Anything jump out, Matty, that you might want to touch on that we we haven't haven't mentioned just yet? No, we've already talked about a lot of it, but uh, 
Yeah, obviously Melbourne, we ain't coming out fired up, but mm. they just don't have the personnel right now. And you look at the stats, Humphrey's 10 and 1. One, one rebound for your centre, yeah. Yeah, you, you got questions right there. And we're talking about Caroline, seven points, but eight rebounds. At least he's competing on the ball. Yeah, uh, again, we, we can't fault his effort. No, nah, you yeah. can't. Like, he's playing his backside off, but when your shots aren't dropping, yeah. unfortunately, that doesn't help the case. I think he's shot 27% for the season. And I, I imagine most of his, those shots have been all inside the paint too. Yeah, so you, you're missing easy shots. So you've probably sealed your own fate with that. But, um, mm. Yeah, you can't compete. Question is endeavour, but and but you look at Humphreys, one rebound. Yep. That's not good enough for a big fella in this yep. league. Yeah, obviously uh, there's a lot of questions to be asked and we've already talked about. Absolutely. Just just quickly, the thirty sixes, they had to go into Sydney with a with targets on their back. The Kings didn't really roll out the welcoming mat for them. They put the pressure on them, but Craig Randall especially in, in the second half. And DJ, DJ had his best game of the season as well, which 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 I liked. And probably especially after he got whacked in the head and didn't get a foul called on him. That seemed to fire him up and he went down and hit a couple of threes straight after after that. But this Adelaide team hasn't always in recent years at least Responded well under pressure, but this team might be different. Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously, uh, Paul Smith's come out and uh, <laughs> said what he said, thinking they're uh, the Golden State Warriors, or well, they're shooting three mm. balls. So, uh, yeah, it's a good comparison to make if you're an Adelaide uh, <laughs> yeah. fan. But no, full credit to Adelaide. It was a big game for them, probably a couple last few years. They probably get smacked in that mm. game. But, um, yeah, Randall's been big for them. Great to see the old man, DJ. Mm. He wasn't happy. <laughs> he got whacked in the head yeah. and went down, hit a three and went to the referee. But yep. if he continues to provide 17 and 8, that's really going to help Adelaide. Yep. Look at their scoring there. McCarran 15, Cleveland 15, Johnson 17, Frank 13, Randall 24. Yep. Like yep. Five players in double figures. You do that every night, you're going to uh, be in a good position at the end of the game. Absolutely. I mean, that's they've got five genuine stars, and even if they don't go to their bench, CJ's got the option of going there when he needs to. Because he's got some good players on the bench with Sunday Detch and Anthony Drummond and Kai Soto. I mean, he's got he's got depth there, but he doesn't always need to use it, which is probably a nice little weapon to to keep in your in your holster. Exactly. You'd be banking on getting some wins early in the year, so come close to the finals, you can rest those five guys and give those other guys some more minutes and get their confidence up heading into finals. The only problem is he. He's creating an enemy with the whole country of the Philippines by not playing playing Kai Soto right now. I oh, know. Obviously, uh, he's probably receiving a lot of messages every day, especially <laughs> after games. Why, why Soto not playing? But hey, when DJ is providing seventy eight, Frank's and Frank's, yeah. Like you've got to go to your best players. And of course, you can't please the country over one player. So <laughs> CJ's got to worry about more uh, about the results than uh, pleasing the country. And I, I don't imagine CJ loses any sleep over it whatsoever. No, nor should he. All right, Matty, that's been a lot of fun going through everything that we saw in round four of the NBA. When we come back, we'll get through our awards for this week, and then when we come back, we'll have a chat about the culture of the Perth Wildcats, and we'll, we'll have a preview of round five in the NBA. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Let's go through our awards now for this week, Matty, here on the show. Let's start. We'll, we'll leave your award for last, the Player of the Year award. Let's get to the Damo Best Defensive Player award, thanks to Damien Martin. So he gives his, gives his votes on the best defensive performances each and every week here in the NBL on the show. And 
I'm fascinated to get your thoughts. So his, his votes for this week, he went one vote Aaron Baines from the Brisbane Bullets, two votes the big fella from the New Zealand Breakers, I think especially because of what he did against Keanu Pinder on Sunday, Derek Pardon, and then three votes... Jordan Hunter, who had a big game, especially against um, Melbourne United on Sunday and really got the better of his matchup with Isaac Humphreys. Um, now, we're always a little bit reluctant to question Damo because he is, well, the trophy's named after him, but you're in a good position given the amount of time in your life you spent ne- spent next to Damo and Matty. What do you think of his votes for this week? No, I think he's done very well this week. I just enjoy the fact he's gone with three big guys. Yeah. Um, normally a guard looks after a guard, <laughs> but uh, he's looking after the big fellas this week. Um, yeah, no, Geordie Hunter, he was amazing. Um, mm. Was it four or five blocks? Yep. And yeah, like you see, he dominated Humphreys. Um, and he's not, he's not playing a whole lot of minutes, Hunter, but I think he's working his way back. But Yeah, tw- 12.7 rebounds, four blocks in that game against Melbourne. Getting that from a bench play... Uh, Chase yeah. is going to be very happy with that. And he's only going to get better and better, obviously, missing last year. But you know, he was massive. Obviously, Baines, he changed his games. And, mm. yeah, pardon, not too many players have stopped you in uh, no. this year. And he, he did a great job on that. But um, no, I think Dame must spot on this week. Does it hurt you to say that? It does. <laughs> I can only imagine his head getting bigger and bigger <laughs> as we speak. Oh, for anyone that doesn't know... Uh, so much of your basketball life was spent alongside Damo. You went to college together. You played in a lot of uh, in a lot of under underage Australian teams together. You won the world championship with the MU's together, and then most of your NBL career, I think all of your NBL career, was alongside Damo as well. I'm sure you're enjoying your break from him right now. Yeah, no, uh, it's been a good divorce from Damo. <laughs> but no, it's been, it's been a lot of our junior time, and very fortunate enough to spend pretty much all my NBL career with him. He's a, a fantastic player. He's even better bloke off the court. So. Yeah, no, he's doing well for himself, and uh, it's uh, yeah, good to see he's looking after the big guys. Yeah, it, it is. It absolutely is. And I, yeah, I don't think anyone's got more than three votes in his award so far, so it's pretty tight on the top of his, his leaderboard. Now, Matty, I don't know if you've been following this, but we do a best team man award each week as well. Not so much the guy who might score the most points or, or be the, the highlight real type player, but the guy who had the biggest influence on helping his team win a game of basketball. So we named this award in honour of Galen Young, who played that exact role when he helped the Perth Wildcats win win a championship now this is a question without notice but is there anybody that you might want to nominate for this week who did that for their team and had a big influence on their team winning and he didn't necessarily need to really rack up all, all of the points or fill up the stat sheet no I've, I've got one it's Matty Kenyon down at Tassie fantastic yeah what he brings down there before his sign with Tassie he was in and out of the league and yep. He's found his spot down in there and a starting point guard. Not to me, players probably would have had him as yeah. a starting point guard, but what he did uh, against uh, Perth, it was fantastic, especially guarding Bryce. Well, he not only did he guard Bryce and also hold Bryce to a, to a pretty quiet game. I mean, Bryce only had the 14 points, but I think he only took six field goals for the, game. for the game. So a lot of that credit goes to Kenyon. But up the other end, teams at times this year have been daring him to shoot and sitting off him, but he, he hit four three-pointers and he's career-high 14 points and... I think it's a great choice. Yeah, no, he's uh, he just shows that what they've got down there. Next player up, and been speaking to Jacob Chance and Rat down there, and they're just like they're all playing for each other. Yeah. And it reminds me of when I was at Perth, like never the most talented team, yeah. but we all bought into our roles, and you can see they're doing that down there. Um, he looks like the perfect guy you'd want as a teammate. He just he doesn't have to say a lot, doesn't need anything run for him, but he'll just go out there and give his absolute all. Yeah, you know what you're going to get from him every game, and uh, I believe uh, that's why Scott's got him out there as a starting point. Yeah, he knows what he's going to bring to that team, and he's earned, earned those minutes. Now, your regular spot now on the show, Matty, for the, your Player of the Year awards, and 
I reckon he had a tough job this week. A lot of guys stood out. There was a lot of games to get through, which doesn't make it easy to narrow it down to five players either when you've got, I think we had eight games across the weekend as well. But fascinated to get your votes. And as always, do you want to start the one vote? Yeah, boy. He got the three votes in the defensive player of the year. I've gone Jordy Hunter. Mm. He was massive for the Kings. Against Melbourne, two votes. The big fella for Brisbane, Aaron Baines. Mm. Um, it's great to see him finding, finding his role. 17 and 14, I think he almost had a double-double in the first half. Yeah, I think he had 13 and 9 at half-time, yeah. yeah. So if he continues to do that, I think Brisbane, are, they're going to get better and better, and I think mm. they'll win more games. want to touch on Bainesy for a second. It looks like he either can't play more than 25 minutes or he's not allowed to play 25 minutes. Eventually, do you see him playing, playing more, and does he need to play more? I think if, as the season goes on, obviously he's missed a lot of time due mm. to basketball, but um, you know, obviously he's building up that tank again. Yeah. But he does look exhausted a lot of the time, doesn't <laughs> I he? I think he's calling for his own subs <laughs> too. So. But the biggest thing, you just see the smile on his face. Yep. He, he's loving being out there playing basketball. Mm. and it, it, mean, it shows you how much basketball means to the big fella. Yeah, obviously a tough injury. Probably wasn't sure he would ever play again. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, just to be out in court, you can see it. He's just really enjoying his basketball mm. right now. It's great to see uh, he's over here in the NBL. Absolutely is, yeah. I mean, it, it feels like it's a pleasure to watch him play because he, he probably should be in the NBA still and hopefully he gets one more chance to head back over there. What about your three votes? Uh, you got the, the Gallon best team out of what is Matty Kenyon. We, we talked about what he did uh, defensively, but also what he brings offensive yeah. in that game. Four votes, uh, Craig Randall. Mm. He was massive in helping Adelaide get the win, especially on the road. Um, obviously, there's a lot of talk about his attitude at times, but mm-hmm. the guy can flat out play. And yep. If he keeps that in check, he'll really help Adelaide uh, make a run for the championship. And five votes, Mitch Creek. Mm. He was amazing, especially against Saturday night against... Against the Bullets, yeah. yeah. They had absolutely no answer, did they? And nah. that's probably when they missed DJ Mitchell more than, more than ever. Exactly. In, uh, he can do it in many ways, but... Uh, it's great to see Mitch uh, have a really good game. I hope he continues to build on it. Yep, no, fantastic, Matty. I'll, we'll put out our leaderboard as well because I think things are getting getting interesting. Derek Walden hasn't got some votes for a little while now. He's had a quiet couple of weeks, so I think things are getting a bit tighter at the top of your leaderboard there in the Player of the Year Award thanks to Hoop7, Matty. So we'll, we'll keep track of that. Thank you for your votes again. And let's take a break again on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle and we'll get into some Perth Wildcats talk when we come back. Okay, I'm back here with Matty Knight on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. Now, we couldn't do a show without getting your thoughts on the Perth Wildcats, Matty. Before we do, why don't we take a quick listen to some of what Corey Homicide-Williams, one of your old sparring partners, had to say. And we won't take a listen to all of it because he had a, had a long spiel, but let's just take a grab from, from Homicide. Everything the Wildcats used to be about... Um, is no longer. I'm going to say it. Um, the fortress that they had, that was the road trip you 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 lost sleep at night for. Knowing like, damn, I'm about to go over here, get my ass busted. You know, um, the defense is going to be um, so tough. I'm not going to be able to get my shit off. And I'm going to lose. It's no longer that. We need to come to the realization that since Trevor Gleason has left... The Perth Wildcats 
have gone, oh man, like it's over. Like the dynasty is over. They didn't make playoffs and they're looking like shit. Let's keep it a buck. I'm sure you don't always agree with what Corey has to say, Matty, but what about on this occasion? Yeah, he makes some valid points. Um, obviously, when uh, I was at Perth and you asked anyone to play on our team, we had three values, and if you didn't buy into those values, you wouldn't stick around. And um, we wanted to make Perth Arena a fortress. And you asked teams, and that was the dreaded road trip coming over to Perth. Obviously, last year, I think well, they had nine home games to finish, and... They went 50-50 on them, yeah. so I get, I agree. Teams probably aren't scared to come over here anymore. But yeah, that the culture, it's massive. He's spot on. What Tassie is right now is what we were mm. in Trev's years. And Bevo, like the Brad Robbins, the Damo, the Greg Highs, that culture they started, I, I it's moved to Tassie. Yeah. <laughs> it's moved across yeah. Strait. Scott Ross, obviously, uh, the one thing he's walked away from Perth is the culture they had, and he would have learned that under Tre- sorry, Trevor at the time, yeah. and Jacob Chance was involved and involved in the program. Even, Rat was involved. Even Mike Raffer with Bevo, yeah. So same with Steindl, even best over yeah, a little bit of time here. Magnay spent a year here, yep. so they've taken that culture and seen how it worked and moved it to Tassie. Mm. And the way Tassie played reminds me of the way we used to play. Yeah. We never had the most talented roster yeah. on paper, but we had guys boarding your role. Yeah. Like, your role was to scream rebound. That's what you did. Yeah. You were a scorer. That's what you did. Yeah. Right now, I don't see that mm. in this uh, in this Perth Wildcat, um, in this team. Obviously, you've had uh, Thomas in and out with the injuries. Corey missed a game, but they're putting a lot of pressure on Bryce right now mm. to score. And, it, ha- it has changed, and um, you ask anyone really about it, and ever since really the ch- ownership changed, um, something changed with it. Mm. Bryce, uh, they're relying on Bryce right now. He's an amazing player, but Bryce can't do it all by himself. Mm. And as Tazzy showed, you shut Bryce down. If you dare somebody else to beat you, then right now there's nobody else that will. Yeah, so obviously... Uh, Homicide's written them off. You can never ride a Perth Wildcat <laughs> sure. team off, but I oh, know. I mean, despite all this, they're still three and two, and they could yeah. could have a double win this weekend against the Phoenix and United, and and be five and two just despite all of this. Exactly. So um, obviously, we're not in the in the chain in those four walls right now. But if you're looking inside out, yeah, that culture it's changed. Or I don't know what's happened in the way, but. Um, Obviously, the, the pressure's on. Obviously, putting that word, mm. Perth Wildcat jersey on. Team, teams bring it every night. Yeah. And um, we'll see if uh, the game against Tassie were once off mm. or if Tassie found a way to a blueprint to mm. other teams to shut the Wildcats down. Uh, obviously, they've talked about improving their defence, but you need to have guys that want to play defence. Mm. Yeah. And you look at that roster and some of them, it's questionable yeah. sure. if... And that was the one thing about Trev. He didn't care who mm. you were. If you didn't play defence, you didn't play. Yeah. And he'd hold guys accountable. Yep. And I don't see that anymore. Mm. Uh, I think I want to talk to you about both on and off court. And I think they're, they're, t- they're different They're different sort of topics. So on the court, the thing in your time and in the entire time Trevor was, was coach was the Wildcats were just damn hard to play against. No team enjoyed playing against them because they were so physical. They would play really strong defence. 
They would get in the way and take offensive fouls. They would offensive rebound. They would crash the glass. They would usually win the possession game. So no matter what was happening in terms of their offense, they would always give themselves a chance because of how good they were. They're doing all of those little things. Um, yeah, I mean, how, how big of a part of, of the success was that in your eyes? And where's it gone the last 18 months? We built off defense. Hmm. We, we knew as a dog for, we weren't the prettiest team. Team, and every team would say, oh, it's boring what playing, watching the Wildcats play. But Not if you win. Yeah, that's, what we, that's how we knew to win games. Yep. Was in for a dog fight for 40 minutes, and mm. teams knew that coming whenever we played them. Mm. We were physical. And what you just talked about was guys doing their role, mm. setting screens, being mm. physical in the paint, rebounding. Yeah. We obviously had Damo, our defensive leader, so mm. we followed him. Yeah. He set the tone, but um, yeah, I, I don't, they don't have a player like that right now. Mm. Bryce. He's a very quiet guy. He's yeah. not going to be demanding you like Damo was. They mm. don't have that anymore. Yep. And it's very obvious to see, obviously. Mm. If we'd given up 100 points, boy, <laughs> we would have known about it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just don't – they don't have that on-court leader. Even Jesse. Jesse's mm. a quiet guy. Yeah. He's not the verbal, get-in-your-face type mm. of guy. Um which were Brad Robbins or Dame or Greg Hyde were. And people probably don't understand or estimate how much importance that really plays. And mm. They just don't have a vocal... Well, they've got big guys, but they're not physical guys. Mm. Juke's not a, a big physical yeah. guy. He's not going to throw his weight around. Mm. Yeah, so obviously Thomas has been injured, but that's the biggest difference I notice is yeah. they don't have that on-court leader. Mm. And off the court as well, have you felt a change in the organisation over the past year or two as well? And how big of a part of being a Wildcats player back in your career was it to be part of the community and to be role models and to and just the the leadership that came down from Jack Bendad and Nick Marvin to 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 be pillars of the community and to get out in, you know amongst the community and to represent the brand of the Wildcats and to and to do it do it with pride. Do you feel like that that might have been lost a little bit recently too? Yeah, I can't, but I'm not sure they're out doing all the visits we used to do. But yeah, like Nick and Jack, they had they got the community on board mm. by sending us to schools, community events. You just got to look how much the community appreciate. We had 13,000 fans nearly every home game, no matter when it was. They'd be behind us, and everyone knew who the Perth Wildcats were. And they made sure we we gave back to the community. We were very fortunate enough to play, get paid for a sport we love, and. They wanted us to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's still the case this day and age. I don't know if they're out doing the school visits. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, you need to do that. Um, that's Fans love that, to get that interaction. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they come and support you, so you've got to give back to them. So yeah. um, I'm not sure the new ownership places the same amount of value in that. Or, But, like I said, I'm not in those four walls. I'm mm-hmm. not a part of it anymore. But just looking... They haven't sold out a game yet. Mm. And you think after the disappointment of last year, missing the finals, um, you'd be out again, but it doesn't look like the crowd's mm. showing up. Um, you watch them on TV and you see a lot of empty blue seats. And it'll be interesting to see um, if they can turn it around. Um, but yeah, obviously a lot of change in ownership. But yeah, I right now I agree with Homicide. Mm. Just finally, before we get to a preview of round five, I get a feeling that one of the greatest things you were proud of from your career when you look back is the culture that you were part of to build in that in that Wildcats team. Is that why it maybe doesn't sit quite right with you to see that it might not it might not not be there right now? Oh, definitely. You work so hard to build something that 
it's successful and, mm. and it was you just got to look at our yeah. record and it speaks for itself yep. and that culture is with Tassie now and mm. the first year they've made a grand final series mm-hmm. they look like rep- sure. doing it again this year and speaking to the guys down in Tassie that's what they are mm. they know their roles they play for each other they don't make it complicated mm. they're not allowed out for show they get in play dirty gritty not over top dirty basketball no, but sure. You know what you're going to get from yeah. it, and you're in for a dog fight for 40 minutes, yeah. and especially going down there to Tassie, yeah. 5,000 fat screaming fans. Yeah, yeah that was us, yeah. with 13,000 fans. Yeah. So it is disappointing to see it's probably not carried on the way we built it up, mm. but once again, a new ownership comes in, probably different priorities. So. Mm. Yeah, no. Th- thanks for that, Maddie. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's great to get an insight from some, somebody that's actually actually lived it. Um, Let's get to round five in the NBL because this is going to be another another weekend where we learn a lot, I think, about a lot of teams. And it's going to start on Thursday night when the Brisbane Bullets are back home for just their second home game in the season. But they'll be taking the confidence out of Monday night up against the Illawarra Hawks, who will have Peyton Seaver in the lineup. And Jacob Jacomas, the coach, has said that he'll be starting and he'll be playing as many minutes as he is physically capable of playing. But, gee, I don't know if his presence is going to be enough, will it? No, I think uh, now Brisbane's uh, Rogan Shackles have got their first win. I, I think um, yeah, they're back home. I just, like I said earlier, I just don't see where Laurel's going to turn it around. Bringing in a new import, he's still got to find his feet. He's doesn't old. fix any of the things we talked about earlier, though, does he? Doesn't make them a physical presence, doesn't give them that big body, doesn't doesn't give them that play that it can go and set a screen and, and hurt somebody. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Brisbane just throw the ball into Baines yep, yep. and let him go to work and then yep. play out of the post. Yeah, I just don't see Illawarra scoring more than 60 points again. Yep, we'll wait and see. So that's to come on Thursday night. Doubleheader on Friday night. Really fascinated by both these games. I mean, they're going to be fantastic to watch. Firstly, the Adelaide 36ers back at home against the New Zealand Breakers, who you know, had that really good win against Cairns on Sunday. But again, they, they've had a pretty short turnaround to play and they're on the road still. But the 36ers, I'm sure they'll be looking to perform in front of their home fans on the back of what they did against the Kings. Oh, definitely. They probably haven't played their best basketball at home yeah, yet, so yeah. they want to give their fans something to something to cheer about. Well, they've only had one game at home, and that was the 25-point <laughs> loss to the to the Jack Jumpers. Yes, exactly. So, um, no, sorry, they might have had a win at home as well. Yeah, that they didn't they? Yeah. That's right. They, they, yeah, they, they did. Yep. That game is really a war right mm. now. But in New Zealand, you never know. They, they're playing for each other. It's almost like Tassie last year. They've come mm. together as a new group. Yep. But I just think Adelaide home, big win last week against Sydney. They've just got too much scoring power yeah. right now. Yeah, a lot of firepower on, on that team. Now, Perth Wildcats need to bounce back. As you said, if back in your day, Matty, if you'd given up 103 points and lost by 31 points the week before, you would have had a pretty tough week on the track. And I, I assume John really hasn't taken it easily on his on his group. But they have a big challenge to try to bounce back against a South East Melbourne Phoenix team that's now at full strength and building some momentum. Yeah, this is definitely uh, going to say a lot about the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was a once-off game. Obviously, you get, you get touched up like they did by 31. Um, you want to respond, and I'm sure they've had a very physical week on the track. South East had come over with a lot of a lot of confidence, <laughs> and they won their um, last game over here last year, which put Perth out of the final. So they're going to come over with a lot of confidence. Uh, it'll be a very close game, I think, and um, it'll say a lot about both teams' seasons and where they're at. Is your house getting torn down right now, Matty? Uh, Leo's probably destroying his toy kitchen and uh, <laughs> smashing everything he can. Uh, all right, Matty. Saturday. Saturday. Given what we expect to happen for the Illawarra Hawks on Thursday in Brisbane, they'll be pretty desperate coming into this game at home to Melbourne United, but 
Equally desperate will be Melbourne. Gee, it's almost a must-win game for both of these teams. Must-win for both teams, especially if Illawarra go down to Brisbane. That puts them, what, 1-7 or 1-6. and seven, one and six. So one and six, yeah. A massive game in Melbourne. Wait, well, they need a win. And they're probably looking at this game thinking that this is a chance for us to get hmm. a win. But yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, I think Melbourne should walk away with a win in this one. But you just never know hmm. with these two teams. If you're Jordan Caroline and you're still playing in this game, but you know that... So if you're Jordan Caroline and you know that your team doesn't want you, but they might still just need your body out there until they find your replacement, how the hell do you go and try and compete on, on Saturday night if you're still playing? I guess you've just got to look at you've got to show you can play because you're going to be looking for a new job. Sure. This is probably a game where he can come out and dominate because they don't have a legit big, yep. anyone who can match him size for size. Right, so yeah. if he's still here, he's probably, yeah, he could probably have a big game in this one. But, um, yeah, it's obviously a tough one for him, but he's got a he's professional and you've yep. got to want that next job. So yep. you've got to show you can play. Then second up on Saturday, Sydney Kings at home to the Cairns Taipans. Um, so two weeks ago, the Taipans went into Sydney and got the job done. It's fascinating, Matty. I want to get your thoughts on this just quickly. The Sydney Kings have lost their last two games at home, but they've won 16 in a row on the road. Have you ever heard anything like it? No. Interesting. Um, 16 on the road, that's impressive. Um, yeah, it shows you a road team, you can say that. Yeah. They'll be uh, out for revenge against Cairns, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Cairns will want to bounce back after probably a disappointing loss. They probably were hoping to get the breakers at home and they really set them up. But a lot of athleticism in this game. Um, Pinder's been massive for Cairns. He's consideration top five for MVP. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, Sydney, they'll be desperate. They want to stay in that top. And I think Derek Walton, he's due for a big game. And yeah. But full credit to Cairns, obviously, their import, Taj, yeah. Shannon Scott's really stepped up and been yeah. massive for them. And yeah. Forty's got them playing some great basketball out there. Similar to South, it looks like they're enjoying their basketball. Yeah. And if you're enjoying your basketball, the results take care of itself. But, um, yeah, I'm tipping Sydney to get this one. You, it's hard to imagine them losing three in a row at home, isn't it? Yeah, you, you don't want to lose your home games. Yeah. Obviously, you want to win your home games. It's normally you win your home games and sneak a couple yeah. in a row, but for them, it seems to be the other way around. Hmm. Try and win a couple at home and then take care of them on the road. Two more games on Sunday. This will be another really, really good game. Might not be the most offensive game we'll see, as we saw a few weeks ago when they did play in Auckland as well. But the New Zealand Breakers hosting the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Um, two informed teams, two defensively minded teams, but two teams that are, are in good form. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, it'll be a, this will be a great game. Um, obviously, Tassie's going to be on a high after their last yeah. game, but um, yeah, New Zealand, they're tough. I wouldn't be surprised if Tassie go over there and hopefully continue their shooting performance. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're hoping. But, um, yeah, I think Tassie, just the way they're playing right now, I think they've all found their role mm-hmm. within that team. New Zealand, even though um, they're playing some great basketball, I just think right now Tassie's the most well-drilled all-round team. We talked about it earlier, but what sort of a black cat have the breakers run over? Because, again, this weekend they're playing on Friday night in Adelaide and then they're back home on Sunday to play an afternoon game, the first game of a doubleheader. You know, what, probably 30, less than 36 hours later. Yeah, so you got to jump on. on. I think there's a direct flight from Adelaide to New Zealand, but still... It's, it's still three, or four hours, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you fly to Cairns, fly back, fly to Adelaide. It's, mm. The NBL really hasn't looked up, <laughs> considering uh, what they did for them the last two years. But uh, I, that's why I think Taz, Taz will probably be there waiting for them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, they probably will be. 
Robbie well rested Tassie, so that's another reason I think Tassie will be too strong. Yeah, and they would have had eight days in between. Um, second up on Sunday, a lot more points will be in this game, and I'm sh- it's going to be an exciting game too in Melbourne. South East Melbourne Phoenix, again, a really, it's tough to have a short turnaround coming back from Perth on Friday night and playing on a Sunday afternoon, but they'll host the Adelaide 36ers, who would have also played on, on Friday night. Yeah, no, I think um, South East, depending how they go, will be a very, very tough game for them. Um, but yeah, I think Adelaide, this will be a big game for Adelaide to show where they're at. Um, if they are a true contender and also for South East, um, where they're at as well. So obviously, uh, Friday night's game will be massive for them, but uh, yeah, no, I think um, Adelaide, I just think the firepower they have, mm. and I think they're out to prove a point this year. Yeah, yeah, they are. Last up for the round, Matty, is on Monday night. And depending on what happens early in the weekend, this game will take on extra significance. So it's Melbourne United at home to the Perth Wildcats. Yeah, no, um, it's obviously a tough game for both teams. Um, obviously, Melbourne, you don't know what you're going to get, but for some reason, whenever these two teams mm. play, it's a very close, hard-fought game. And I imagine this will be no different, obviously, depending how results go for both teams early in the weekend. But, uh, yeah, um, I just think Perth... They'll be after revenge, obviously, losing to Melbourne over here. Yeah. I think Perth have got more to play for than Melbourne, so I think they'll sneak it out of road win. Biggest question I've got for you, Matty. Does Jesse Wagstaff set a screen if Lockie Barker's anywhere near him? I, I'm <laughs> guessing he'll be very hesitant. <laughs> I think you can see a lot of guys are very hesitant to set yeah. a, a terror screen, so... Uh, it was good to see him get off, obviously. It's a part of sport, and it would have been hard for them to be able to police it from here on out if they did suspend him. But um, obviously, it was an unfortunate result for Lockie, but, yeah, it's great to see that Jesse, they fought it and Jesse got off. Yeah, absolutely. Last time we spoke, we spoke about how ridiculous it was, and a few hours later, they came through with the result that he had challenged it and had been cleared, which was, was a relief, I think, for everybody that wants to see normal basketball yeah, played exactly. more than anything. Okay, Matty, I think we've covered pretty much everything for this week's show. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you and have you sit in, in the seat for this week. And I think anyone listening will get a lot get a lot out of listening to your basketball intellect, Matty. I think it's fantastic to keep you involved and get your thoughts on the NBL. Thank you to Hoop7 for make, making it possible. I'm Chris Pike and I'll sign off and, and give you the final thoughts on what you might be looking most forward to this weekend, Matty. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, a couple of things, how the, how the Wildcats respond and... Um, if Brisbane can back up and get their second win and uh, if they continue to throw the ball into Baines because uh, it shows it works. <laughs>